Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day? Or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Off the Clock. As you guys know, I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I am joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Chang. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, folks? How y'all doing? Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy out here. You know, these are wild, unprecedented times. Yes, they are. It's crazy. Like, And I just want to mention this really quickly before we start, right? So it never dawned on me before just how quickly things can change and like how we can kind of game plan almost every scenario. But the one scenario I never imagined happening was this one. Like there was no like plan A through Z. This never actually occurred that it could happen. So I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, as healthcare entrepreneurs, like right now in this time in history, we, you know, I say it constantly, but like, I do believe, and this is why we're blessed to have Dr. Ash with us today, but I do believe that out of this situation, there's going to be a specific beautiful thing that's going to happen. So there's going to come like a certain type of entrepreneur, a certain type of healthcare entrepreneur that's going to emerge from it. I, I've also been looking at it like it's a launch pad, right? So we have this like scenario where never before in the time of history, there's been like a reset button almost. Yep. Yep. There's a reset button. And now like... It's crazy where a lot of people, you know, first of all, stay inside, but a lot of people are being encouraged to take this time and like, you know, hang out with the family and everything, but also as entrepreneurs, it's like, we have this opportunity to like, somebody said, here's all this time you can never get back, right? Where you usually have to be at work or if you have to do this, you have to do that. Now it's like, you're at the crib, you're at home, do something with this. So we've never had an opportunity like it. So it's crazy that we're even living, you know, to me, this is like our world war. You know, I'm assuming people in like World War II, World War One, they they live in the world where like what's going on? Like this is just a lot of what's going on. So to be able to and if it's okay with you, I kinda wanna talk about when you got stuck and what that did for you as a health entrepreneur. But on this side of things where we have this opportunity almost, right? As entrepreneurs, we have this opportunity to almost cultivate what we want our future to look like. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna leave that as a teaser. For y'all, we're going to get into that a little bit, but so, essentially, what's up, y'all? <laughs> How y'all doing? Um, so you guys know, you guys know Paul likes to talk, so we, we got to let Paul do his thing. I got to get it in. Uh, but without further ado, I would like to introduce our special guest on this episode. So we have an inspirational speaker, a writer, educator, entrepreneur. We have Dr. Asha here, creator of Healthy Conversations. Dr. Asha, thank you so much for being on the show. 
I'm so excited. I'm excited that you reached out. And just from a little teaser from Paul, I'm excited about the conversation that is about to happen. I'm so excited. Oh, we're going to have fun. We'll definitely <laughs> have a lot of fun. So we, we, we want to be respectful of your time. And we're just going to dive right into it. And the first thing that a lot of people will probably want to know, your trade is your doctor of chiropractic. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that. Why, why did you choose to go into the field of, you know, chiropractor? Like why, why chiropractor? Why not nurse? Why not physical therapist? Like what was it about this field that made you want to pursue it? Well, actually, I didn't start out wanting to be a chiropractor. I think people believe, okay, if something dawns on me when I'm 10 years old and I'm going to drive that forward and go to college and things will be well. That was not me. I always knew that I liked, I was just fascinated by the human body and how to the extreme when you're an athlete, how you can use your body and really mold your body in ways to perform. So I always like the idea of just the human body is an amazing enigma to me. And I want to study that. I thought I was going to be at one point a sports broadcast announcer. I was going to announce things or whatever that I used to keep stats on my history book in class. I, I did that. I thought I was going to be an athletic trainer because you know how people go to band camp. I went to athletic training camp. So I thought I was going to do that for a while. I started off at Florida State University as a pre-athletic training major. And when you have to formally apply to the program, you have to do all of these testing skills. And I already had them down because I had gone to athletic training camp. I even taught other people how to do it. I applied to the program and did not get in. <laughs> so my world shattered and I had to start over and go, okay, my scholarship money runs out in three years. If I were to wait and apply, I'll be here for four years. I don't have that money. This is a sign to me, maybe I need to shift. So then I thought I was going to go into, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. I wanted to be a physical therapist, just all kinds of things. And I landed on physical therapy my junior year. And the one program I wanted to apply to was closing down. So at that point, I said, well, Lord, I'm out here in these streets, almost with a full degree. And I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. And my dad said, well, you got to figure out something because uh, when it's time to graduate. So he, he said, what is, it, what is it that you want to impact? How do you want to have an impact? Let's, let's focus less on the role and the title. What impact do you want to have? And I said that I want to help bodies move better so people can have a better life. That's, that's kind of the, the premise of what I want to do. He said, have you ever considered chiropractic? Never had. I had been seeing a chiropractor for years, had never considered it started researching more, went on different visitations to visit schools, loved it. I was basically pushed in that direction, best decision that I ever accidentally made. And for me, I love how we're able to start with the body, something that people can see tangibly and give them a space to meet their, their potential. So I'm not necessarily saying you're sick, let's get you back to healthy. You could be sick and we can get you to well. You can be healthy and I can get you to well. Then I can get you to thrive. So I love that I'm able to help people reach their potential with my profession. I love that. I think that's such an amazing thing because one of the sayings I love, they say, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. <laughs> and that's funny because you had it all planned out. You figured you were going this route and God was just like, look at her, like. She don't even yeah, know what funny. I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's so funny. <laughs> right? Yes. And, and now here you are today, you know, 
as a, a doctor of chiropractic and and you have a thriving brand, you have thriving business, like I'm sure you are way further than you expected that you would have been originally, you know? So yeah. talk to us a little bit about after you finally, you know, you went to school, you finished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now you you have the essential toolkit, so to speak, to be able to help people, uh, you know, get back to physical well-being and 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 help them move better. Yeah. Now, after that, how do you go from okay, I just want to stay in my career, I just want to stay in my job, to you know what? I think I want to be an author. I think I want to mm. start my own brand. Like, how how did that transition? Uh, come about and and what were some of the the hiccups that you had as you started to make that transition well I will tell you so sometimes when I tell this story I say I peaked early and what I had set as like a life goal I accomplished maybe two years out of school and other times when I tell it, it just depends on who the audience is other times when I tell it I talk about how um, I was emotionally abused in the workplace and how that pushed me out. It was almost like being in, in this dry land, like in Egypt and getting pushed out to a place where you can really walk into what's yours. So I, my first job out, I actually started a practice. I got so homesick and my parents were like, just come home. And someone from um, the area where I had grown up said, hey, I'm gonna start a practice on a college campus. Help me build this practice out. I was like, oh, I get to return to my alma mater. This is exciting. Like, I feel comfortable there. I can do this. So I went in and my overall goal, I mentioned about working with athletes. I wanted to work with Olympic athletes, professional athletes, and college athletes. Guess what? Our practice served the athletics department. So what was this 20-year goal that I was going to climb this ladder to get to just kind of happened right after I graduated. Well, it wasn't as glamorous as I thought it was going to be. Typically, even if you look at massage therapists, they may say, okay, you can see eight to 10 patients a day and that's healthy for you. With chiropractors, depending on the type of practice you run, it could be where you have some that see a small volume. So it may be about 12 a day to a large volume with multiple practitioners that's seeing in the hundreds, but that's with multiple practitioners. I would go over to athletics for one hour and see 26 people. That is not sustainable. That's in no way sustainable. And I'm doing a manual practice. So I'm putting my entire self into caring for others. And over a while, I started getting super depressed. Um, I had other people in the workplace that were just emotionally abusing me. It, It messed with my mind. It messed with what I thought my gift was. I had to start shifting my style of chiropractic, which once you start doing that, you, you lose your connection to the passion for what you're doing. But I always had a heart for helping people thrive. I always had that. So I knew that there was a gift in my hands to help people. And maybe at this time, it may not be through actual practice of chiropractic, but it, maybe I could write about it. Maybe, maybe I could write a blog. So I started a blog and I just kind of put health tips in it. And at my church, my pastor's wife was on a radio show and she said, hey, can you come be the health expert? We're doing something for pastors and teaching them how to you know, be healthy. And I said, sure, I'll come in. So I came in, I was a guest and I'm, I was like, I like this. So about maybe six months later, remember I'm blogging on the side, about six months later, I said, you know what? 
I want a radio show. So I called up the person that was the producer when I was the guest for that show. I went up there and I said, I have an idea. He said, I love it. We're going on the air right now. And I just read out one of the blogs. And then after a few months of radio, I said, you know what? I think I want to write some articles for the paper. <laughs> and I just sent it to the paper and said, hey, I want to share. And they said, send us a sample, which remember those blogs I was writing. So same, I recycled the content, didn't have to put in any extra energy. Aha, use your noggin, no extra energy. Sent them a sample, they said, great, whenever you want to, you can write articles. So over years, the, the blog became the radio show, it became the articles, and then I compiled them all into a book. So that's just an example of using the gifts that you have in creative ways. You do not, and in fact, I encourage you not to pigeonhole yourself. Your gifts are too big for the four walls of a clinic. No matter what type of healthcare entrepreneur you are, your gifts are too strong, too big, too visionary for the four walls of a clinic. But you have to be open to taking them outside of those four walls. And so from there, the business just continued to grow. There's, there's so many elements we've been able to add to it and grow from some we had to chop off because you know whatever worked in that season may not work in this season can't take old fruit into a new season uh, but we've just grown so much now we have partners that we work with and i'm amazed every time that we evolve because it really all started off as i think i peaked early or i think i'm being emotionally abused let's try to shift into something else and now it's just it's it's it remains fun and that passion is still there let me Ooh, okay. So the first thing I want to talk about right here, you know, especially when you said don't be afraid, but you have to be willing to take the leap. So mm. earlier you said like having the space to meet your potential, mm. Mm. right? Mm -hmm. I want to hit that real quick. First mm -hmm. of all, because I think for those of y'all who are listening, right, you, you have to take into consideration that, you know, me as a business owner, I am still under coming to understand and learn like just the process of like, creating a business and building it is already exhausting in and of Ooh, itself, right. even if you love it. Right. And for me, I always realized like, just because you're really passionate and just because you really love it doesn't mean you're not going to be tired at the end of the day. It's still right. exhausting. So for you to get to that point and say, this is like, I'm in a situation where I want to treat the people I want to treat, but then now you're like seeing 26 people in an hour, which is insane. Who are you telling? Yes. Cause everybody got something wrong with them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody self wants to included, see. right? Self included. <laughs> but then you said you need to like start to switch. And so after making that switch and realizing, okay, maybe there's somewhere somehow I can switch it up. Mm -hmm. Granted, I think it's also important to point out for a lot of people listening to the podcast, especially with those that want to be entrepreneurs, like I think it's very easy to hear an episode or listen to somebody's story and say, Okay, well, let me jump to where they um, are. Right? Yeah. The number one thing we're not gonna go over, glows over the fact that you shared your story and you started like, I wanted to do this. And then I started doing this. And through all that time, you built character, you built consistency, you built Absolutely. discipline to the point where you can get to the place where you're like, okay, now that I've done all this, got a whole doctorate, you know, <laughs> treating all types of patients. Now you're like, okay, now let me meet, let me get into the space where I can meet my potential, which is, which is crazy. Cause I think for a lot of us, like we tend to not even realize that where we are is not where we're meant to be. Mm. Like we almost comfort, comfort, right? I have yeah. this comfort, like, or better yet, um, something I've I said before, like one of my biggest fears, right? 
is if I get to heaven's gates and then God's like, hey, this is the person you could have been. <laughs> oh, wow. And you just never met that. Never met that. Wow. Like, that's one of my biggest, biggest fears. And that's what keeps wow. me like moving, right? And mm-hmm. so just kind of talk about like even putting yourself, because we also like to teach a little bit, yeah. putting yourself in a space to meet your potential. What does that even look like? Absolutely. Right. If somebody's coming in and they want to start their own thing and they're like, well, you know, everybody has lofty goals. Everybody wants to hit it. But how do you actually put yourself in the space to meet your potential? Because if you're taking all the right steps in the wrong direction, you've gone nowhere. Absolutely. And so a couple of things about that. You can take the right steps in the wrong direction, go nowhere, but learn something. And, and I think a lot of life is really about, did you learn that lesson this time or do you have to repeat it? And so positioning myself took some unlearning and relearning and then figuring out now, how do I apply this lesson? We are often, because we're, we're, we're educated, right? We're intellectuals. We often, can, we often say, I have the answer. And then even further, because we're healthcare entrepreneurs, people look to us for the answers. So we're used to fixing things. We're used to supplying a solution to something. We're used to being the one that you come to because there is a problem that needs to be solved. When it comes to our own lives, we cannot use that methodology. We have to be willing to be the one that has a problem and does not have the solution. We have to be willing to step into a space and totally mess it up. We have to be willing to fail. And in those processes, that's how I was able to be in a place where I could meet my potential. Because beforehand, I was really kind of choking the potential out of my experiences because I had all of the answers. So I didn't need to search within myself. I didn't need to be quiet and do some self-discovery. I didn't need to be in my prayer time. I didn't need to uh, seek seek answers from from mentors or advisors or even quote unquote frenemies because they could teach you a little something about yourself too. I didn't need to seek that out because I had all the answers. But once I was in a place where I had no answers and all problems, that's where I was in the prime position to meet my potential. And if you don't mind, I want to share like a little bit of a transition piece. So when I was in in the clinic, remember I told you I was seeing like 26 people in my lunch, which was my lunch hour, by the way, I didn't tell you that. So I ain't getting no lunch. So right, yes, put your jaw on the floor and then pick it back up. It was, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. So I was looking for another job and it went from, I'm looking for a job in chiropractic to I'm looking for a job in healthcare to I just, something else. And I was working on a college campus and a friend, a few friends, one of them being a, a former patient said, hey, we have a, a role opening up in our department, and it was all education-based. It had nothing to do with chiropractic. I got two degrees, one in exercise science and one in chiropractic. It had nothing to do with either one. And they said, but just apply, see what happens. I applied. I got that job. And it's how we're trained to think as healthcare providers that really allowed me to operate in that job. When I was in that job, that's when I really blossomed as an author. That's when I really blossomed as a radio show host. That's when I really blossomed as a contributing writer to the paper. I started writing magazine articles. I started hosting women's wellness conferences. So I say all that to say, when I was in the clinic that I was working for at the time, I hit so many walls, but I kept trying to say, you know what? There's a wall there. 
but I, I can get my saw. I can cut through that wall. I can fix this problem. I just kept trying to fix problems. And it wasn't until I finally hit a wall and said, you know what? I'm gonna just look at the wall. I'm gonna just look at the wall and kind of figure out what, what is it about me that keeps inviting walls into my life? What, what is it about me that wow. I need to be working on so that I can really meet my potential? And that's when other opportunities happen. And fast forwarding to now, now I have a house call practice. So I see patients on my terms and I do not see 26 people in an hour. You know, I see what I know is healthy for both myself and the people I'm taking care of. And I'm able to do that in addition to the other pieces that kept my passion, the fire of that passion alive. So in answering to your question about how you put yourself in that space to meet your potential, I think it has to do with confessing that you don't have all the answers and then the answers start finding you. Wow. <laughs> that was that was incredible. That I'm was on that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm thinking about my own life so, right now. It's crazy. <laughs> I think, oh my goodness, it, it, there's not just one thing that you said. Like it was everything that you said mm. that is just it, it was really gold. And one of the things I'm gonna kind of dissect, I love it because I feel like not not only and and we can step outside of the entrepreneur space right now Mm -hmm. and we can just put this just in terms of just life yeah i think one of the biggest issues that we have on a day-to-day basis is being able to take ownership Mm. and i love the fact that you said that you had to be able to look at the wall and say what is it about me because a lot of people are not willing to do that. There's a, a great motivational speaker, he passed now, but Jim Rohn, and he gave a speech and he talked about that. And he was like, maybe it's the weather, you know, maybe, maybe it's the traffic, maybe, maybe it's my spouse. Mm. And he was saying that until you take full accountability and ownership of your life, you will never start to see things change for the better. Mm. So I think that that's so critical because it seems like once you were able to look at the wall and be like, what am I doing? Like, like what's going on with me? Yeah. Then that's when, you know, the, it, it was like the wall started to, to slowly start to come down, you know? And I think that is the issue that we face a lot, you know, in life and, you know, in our entrepreneurial journey, because we're not willing to say, maybe it's me, you know, we, we tend to think like, oh, people, people don't have money, so they don't want to buy my product, you know, or, or people aren't mature enough to resonate with my brand. Right. And it's like, once you actually take a step back and you assess, it's like, maybe, maybe it's not that people don't have the money for my product. Maybe it's that my product isn't appealing to them or right. maybe maybe I haven't made my brand stand out to resonate with them. So Absolutely. they're not interested in it. And so I thought that was so powerful that you said that because that makes a big difference between being able to finally break down that wall and, 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 and move past, you know, to get to the next level of your journey. And I wanted to ask you, so now we're at this point where we've been able to, you know, look at, you've been able to look at the woman in the mirror and Mm -hmm. be able to say, okay, what am I doing? Once you were able to have that honest conversation with you, 
and you started to pick up some momentum, things started to get better. Let me ask you, how were you able to keep your ego in check as you started to get more success and as you started to be able to write for all of these magazines and, and, and continue to build on top of this milestone after this milestone after this milestone, how were you able to, you know, keep a level head in the midst of all of that? That is a daily battle. Okay. Because you, you we're floating between a couple of different things, right? So you're floating between the, I want to be humble, but I don't want to miss my shot. Right. So for example, if I see there's an opportunity out there, I need to talk myself up because if I don't, then, and I just kind of play the humble card, I may miss out on something that I am ideal for. And that is also ideal for me. On the other end, I don't want to be out here with the big head and I can't even walk through the door. So I find for me, at least, and it, it shifts in every season because you know the challenges that you have. So even the latest book that I wrote, um, I wrote a letter along with it to anyone that pre-ordered it. And I just kind of said, the book is called Overflow. So I basically told them, this is my overflow testimony. And I told them everything that went wrong. And so things like that help me keep myself in check because I know what's going to happen because I know I'm a blessed writer. I know I am. That's my gift. I have the gift of words and I have healing in my hands. And I wrote the book with my hands, with my words. I know it's a great book. But what I don't want to look for is people to put something on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, whatever, and say, oh my gosh, this book changed my life. I don't want to set myself up to look for that. So what I did instead was preemptively, I wrote a letter about this was my overflow testimony. This was my experience in writing this book. This is what led me to write this book. These are all the challenges that I faced. I got sick. Some of my, on my production team went to the hospital. Someone else on my production team, two, two or three people were fired in a day. He had to take on three times the extra work and could barely edit my book. I had to talk about how I had to go back and use the principles in the book on myself and where I forgot to use those principles. I had to talk about, all, I meant for it to come out in November, couldn't come out because of this. Try to get it out in December. Like I had to talk about that preemptively so that I could bring my size down smaller so that when people do say it's a great book or I loved it, it changed me in this way, it impacted me in that way. When they're building me up, it's still building me up within a spectrum that's healthy for me and my ego. And so you have to be willing to live in authenticity, not to put your laundry out, right? You don't, I don't want all your, your dirty drawers out there. But I, I, do, I, won't mind, I don't mind seeing your dirty t-shirt out there. I don't mind seeing a dirty pair of jeans out there because it reminds you and the people around you that you are human. You're a human. You make mistakes. You have human emotions. You have a human mindset. You have human ways about you. And there's a space for your morality to make a mistake. And I think I do that kind of sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. And the other piece is you have to check in with people that you know will not lie to you. And if you have a lot of people around you that are like, you're so good, parents included, man, I'm just so proud of you. You know, those are my parents. You are proud of everything that you do. But you have to have those people that are going to be like, listen, this is a great book, but I saw a typo on page five. I just wanted to let you know. And there's an extra space on page six, but I'm sure you saw that. But I just wanted to bring that to your attention. I literally had a mentee that did that yesterday. He texted me, said, Dr. Asha, there's extra space in the forward. I'm like, dude, the forward? That's like the third page. Dang, chill out. But so, <laughs> so I, 
I think being real with yourself and then giving space for others to be real with you allows you to operate in a, in a safe medium for your ego so that it's not too big, but it's also not too small. I got a follow-up question because now you're just like triggered. <laughs> Is it about the forward? Because I already know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw an extra period in there. Um, <laughs> no, I'm the real, but like, so kind of taking it where you've found a way to manage your mm-hmm. ego, mm-hmm. how then do you also, because now like on the flip side of that, right? is where you kind of talked about the friend, friend of me, I'm telling you notes, the friend of me <laughs> earlier and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of dealing with that. So, cause I know there also has to be like a certain, or I'm not going to assume, have you placed around yourself like a certain protective veil to where, how do you manage that? So you know, mm-hmm. like who to let in yep. and who's like opinion to actually take versus like the folk that are going to pop up like, yo, on like the cover, you know, there's like a slight ink block, like, how do you deal with that? And how have you set that veil around to be able to make sure that you still perform at your highest level? Absolutely. That's, that's actually a, an amazing question. Um, a few years ago, so I'll say maybe four or so years ago, <clears throat> God impressed upon me to have an advisory board. And these were people that I had seen that they were already invested in me. So it's not necessarily that these were my best friends or my sorority sisters or people from my church. No, these are people who had already shown their investment in me. And I valued what opinions they had. I valued their own stories and backgrounds, their credentials, all of that. And I literally sat down with them and said, I essentially, I want you to keep me accountable, keep me accountable in business, keep me accountable as a, as a person, like for, as a, who I am as Asha. And so I run everything through them. So even your intern, when they reached out to, to have me do this interview, you send that in and that goes to the advisory board. And they say things like, yes, this would be great. Um, do you feel like you're prepared to do this in this space? You just came back from a mission trip. Do you feel like your mind is in a space to share your story? Like, so they, they help me kind of keep it together. On the other end, when I am saying things like, hey, y'all, um, the book is not going to come out. In fact, I'm not going to write it at all. They're like, Bloop, why? You must defend that decision. Why isn't that book coming out? Or if I say, I want to do something, I want to do this magazine article and it's going to be amazing. They say, Bloop, do you have the time for that? Because didn't you say you just took on two extra patients? Then you have two people that got in a car accident at the same time. Do you have time for that? Can you do it as well as you would have done it if you didn't have those two extra patients? So I have an advisory board that I, I watched. I, how, did, how did they operate in their families? How do they operate in their own jobs? How, what are their relationships like with God? What are their relationships like with their coworkers? How do they pour into me? And I asked them point blank if they could be part of my advisory team. And it's three people. And those are the ones that I bounce everything off of. And they throw back tons of accountability to me. And that's what helps me stay in place. Now I have a best friend. Now she will talk me up. That girl makes me feel so good, but she's not on my advisory board, right? So you got to kind of have your mix of people and and even knowing when to cut other people off. I mean, there are people who, especially in the world of social media, they think they're your friend and they have all kinds of comments and things that they want to share to you. And that can mess with your spirit as well. And so taking that back to my advisory board and they were like, girl, block, like what is wrong with you? So I think having people outside of you that can give you that, that different perspective. We're, we're, we're illusioned because we have one perspective of our lives. And we think because we walk with ourselves and talk with ourselves every single day that we have 
all all vision, all, you know, able to see all things that are happening to us, but we can't because we can't see what we're doing to our own selves. And that's where my advisory comes into play and says, these are some things to think about. I like that a lot. I say maybe about five or six years ago now, I read the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Mm -hmm. Hill. And one of those 13 principles that he had in there was the power of the mastermind. And for a lot, for, for those of you who don't know what that is, so the power of the mastermind is basically what Dr. Asha was just saying about being able to have the right people around you, Mm -hmm. because that makes all the difference in you being able to keep your success and be able to go further because you're right. There are people who they will hype you up and that's like, like, that's good. Like Mm -hmm. we, 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 we do want those people, you know, for our confidence, you know, and, and, and cause they, they, they make us feel good, but we also need to have those people that, know when to hype us up and know when to kick us off the pedestal. Absolutely. So I think I, I, I absolutely love that because that's, that was one of those principles that always stuck with me. And I think that's why me and Paul connected the way we did when we first mm-hmm. met uh, a few years ago, because we just, some people you just know, you right. know what I mean? And I think it was like that for me and him and here we are now, you know, but yeah, I, I love that so much. I think that that was very critical to talk about. So now let's go on in a little bit of a different direction, but still, you know, keep it all together. Right. So mm-hmm. talk to talk to me about, talk to us about healthy conversations. What is that? How did this get started? Got you. So the, the umbrella business for that, so I've got three businesses. So AB Creations is like the umbrella business where all of the, the written content and the spoken content is funneled through that. And then I have um, the Temple Fit Company, which is an umbrella organization. It's a wellness agency for the busy and overwhelmed. And we have over 25 um, health educators and fitness instructors that we work with to um, really support communities and teach them in the six different dimensions of wellness. So that's who you are spiritually, physically, mentally and emotionally, intellectually, socially, and in your career finances. So we've got experts in that. And then we have the nonprofit affiliate, which is Temple Fit Health Inc., which does faith-based wellness. So those are all of the entities that I, I run. And through that, there was a time, it was like a trend where you were like, you need to have this catchy title for what you do. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not like a director. I'm more than that. I'm an author, but I'm more than that. And and really, someone said to me, you just keep such good conversations going. Like, you just have us talking about who we are as well people and what well-being looks like, whether I'm in the church, whether I'm in the clinic, whether I, we do contracts with universities, whether you're writing a book. They're like, you just keep these conversations going. It's just so great. And I guess I marinated on it, and I said, creator of healthy conversations, because it's not... It's not so that I can, again, we have to back out of, I have to provide all the answers. I think that's the most detrimental thing as healthcare providers that we can do, as healthcare entrepreneurs that we can do. If we make the patients dependent upon our answers, that means they depend upon us and not themselves to be healthy. And I never want to put myself in that position for someone else because then they, what if I die? So you can't be healthy anymore? None of the patients that I have can be healthy anymore? You can't make your own independent decision? What if I'm not reachable? right? What if I'm stuck in Peru, right? What are you going to do? And so it's the concept of 
we're creating this healthy conversation so that you can continue it in your own spaces, in your community, in your home, in your church, in your business, in your relationships, you can continue it in your own spaces. So creative healthy conversations is more of a kind of an image of, of what I bring and it's funneled through those three entities. If you don't mind. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Right? Absolutely. So one, how long were you planning on staying out there? And then two, mm -hmm. because you got stuck, mm -hmm. like till kingdom come. Uh -huh. um, how did then, okay, I'm gonna ask you two questions. The first Absolutely. is, how Maybe has I your need to take notes. Okay. Like, how has like your journey mm -hmm. as a human, as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, and just like being, you know, the big boss, how did that put you in a position to be like, okay, bet like we're stuck. We still have to do this thing. We still got to get stuff done. We still got to adjust and improvise. Yeah. Yeah. How has your journey affected that? And then two, how did you go about like taking it? Cause I'm just going off this conversation. You strike me as one of those people like calamity hits you and like, all right, two seconds real quick. Yeah. Go, go time. Here's the plan. Let's execute. That's true. That's true. Yeah. How, how how did your journey like pushing that position to be like okay we're stuck well now we got to get done what needs to get done because the world is still going around absolutely so let me start with we went and it was a mission trip and the intention of the mission trip was to serve for nine days in a community in peru it's called Hicamarca. it's in lima peru it's in the mountains and just so you can get an idea of the the population that we're serving on average, a family can have $500 per month coming into the household. So, I mean, think about that level of poverty, right? And so we were heading out thinking if we, I mean, coronavirus was, uh, it was big, but in China at the time. So it was like, uh, if we get quarantined, it'll be on the back end and we'll get to the U.S. And then they'll be like, you got to stay in place for 14 days. No problem, because we'll already be home right so that's what we were thinking nope two days into our mission trip in peru the president of peru shut down the borders no one comes in no one goes out and then they made a quarantine for 15 days but all flights were canceled so really we would have been there an extra month so i said that so everyone could have like a context for kind of where we were mentally and i will be so honest it was it was mentally wearing I, I remember when they initially told us, they said, it was on a Sunday, and they said, well, we might get a flight out. We're not sure if they're going to shut the borders down at midnight Monday morning or midnight Tuesday morning. That's when I went to pack. And that's when I said, I'm going to just be ready every day. Um, so I, I remember going to pack, and I, I remember just being like, we're fine. We'll probably get out soon. So, you know, I wake up Monday and we go to breakfast. So our routine is we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same time. And after that meal, we have a meeting about what our assignments are for the day or what announcements we have. And there's about 26 missionaries. So uh, I remember thinking, well, when we go to breakfast today, they're going to tell us it's time to go. When we went to breakfast, they said, we have no idea when we're going to be able to leave. Bloop, that wasn't in my plan for breakfast. So that's when I had to, I think the biggest thing that helped me in that moment is I had to start releasing my fix-it mode from turning on. Because again, as healthcare providers, we're used to fixing everything. And I said, I cannot fix this. I don't, I don't know someone that can fix this. I am not someone that can fix this. I can't just throw money at it. Who knows how much money it would have cost 
to try to fix it. There's 26 missionaries that are in Peru, no flights in, no flights out. And I went deep into my faith and I said, God, I am not equipped to be here for another month. And I don't think any of us are. And I said, wherever we need to serve, have us serve there, whether it needs to be here in Peru or bringing our story back to the United States, the form of service as well. I said, wherever we need to serve, have us serve there, but please give me the endurance to finish whatever you have me set up to do. And that would kind of be my, my prayer. And because think about it, I'm, I'm hosting clinic and I have no idea when I'm going home. So I'm, I'm trying to help people heal, but mentally I need healing myself. And I am fortunate that because of my faith, God really impressed upon me that we would be gone within the week. So I just kept saying to myself the next day, I just need to do whatever I'm assigned to do the next day. People wanted to make plans for the next week. I said, you know what? Get back with me when that day comes. I'm just going for today. And that really helped me make it through. And I think even now, as we go through these times together and experience this journey together with this virus, people say, how are you doing? I said, I am taking today for today. I mean, that, that's kind of where we are in the space. I think the biggest thing that we can do that's detrimental as healthcare entrepreneurs is not take care of what's in our minds not take care of our mental space. Because if you are not well there, you're well nowhere. Um, you cannot help anybody. You cannot be there for anybody. And we will allow ourselves to be last because we want to make sure that everybody's taken care of, patient, family member, friend, coworker. And I started putting my mental self first when we were in Peru. Um, I would take quiet moments and I would literally, cause we were all staying on this compound. So I'd have my little head scarf on pink scarf mint. Don't bother me. Black scarf mint. I'm getting ready. So I would have that pink scarf on and people knew cause they'd be like, Oh, she got that pink scarf on. She don't want to talk. Sure. Don't. And I would have my headphones in no music. It was just kind of my way of, I don't want to be rude, but I'm not trying to talk to you. Okay. And they had like this little green space, which is an amazing sight to see in the middle of the dusty mountains. It just so happened that they had this green space. And I would go and I would say, I'm going to journal. Or I watched a butterfly sleep. Have you ever watched a butterfly literally attached to a branch just sleeping? It's amazing how much they must trust God because they're defying gravity and they're asleep. I watched snails wake up and stretch in the morning. Have you seen that before? I mean, so, right. You get what I'm saying? So I allowed time to stop. And I said, I am not in charge of time, but he has made everything beautiful in its time. I am going to relinquish my desire to control the time, to create a schedule, to create a solution. I'm going to relinquish that, take care of my mental space and just be present where I am day by day. And that's what helped me get through that experience. That's what's helping me get through the experience we're all collectively having right now as well. I think that was the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you just went off on a tangent. You didn't answer oh, the question. I wrote no, 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 it down no, no. too I'm and I just messed you. up. <laughs> Oh. I'm messing with you. I'm messing okay. with you. <laughs> well, that, that was definitely the question. <laughs> See, because I wrote it down. I know how to pay attention. I was a good student. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. I, I love that because it's funny. I actually just had this conversation the other day talking to my girl. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I told her that it's just funny because a lot of people right now, they are just like running around like chickens with their head cut off, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and like everyone is so frantic. Like, I don't want to stay home. Like I need to be around people. Like some, I had someone tell me that uh, yesterday, like I, ha I need to be around people. And, you know, I told her, I said, 
it's so crazy because in the midst of all this chaos, I feel like I've been able to find the most peace. And I think, I really think it's just being able to, because I mean, I'm, you know, I, 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 school got shut down. So I'm back home, you know, we're doing stuff online. Mm -hmm. But even being around my family, like it's refreshing, you know, and it's just refreshing being able, like the other day, um, I, I, I was just outside and I was looking at just, just looking around, looking up at the trees, looking at the sky. And I ended up reading this book that I just started called The Seven Paths. Mm-hmm. And the book is just very, it's, it's such a fresh perspective. It's very unique. And there's like different paths. Like there's the path of light. There's the path of water. Mm-hmm. You know, nature is in there. And I just found myself at one point, like looking at the trees and, and being like, wow, like, like, thank you. You know, like, nice. like how, like how many people on a daily basis, like go outside, look at the trees and say like, thank you, because the trees help give us our oxygen. Right. But, but, yes. more, <laughs> but more importantly, thank you, God, because you put the tree there for us to be able to reap the benefits of it. Absolutely. And I, I think this time is such, and, and me and Paul had this conversation too. This time is such a critical time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, like the, the economy is not looking so good. You know, unemployment is skyrocketing, but you have so much time to try that hobby you said you never could do, you know, right. learn that language that you wanted to learn you know, start that business that you wanted to start. Like now is like the most critical time to be able to get ahead. Absolutely. And I think just listening to you talk, you know, about about your experience and being able to, you know, allow time to stop so you can take care of yourself. I feel like that has, that's how it has been for myself. Mm. Where every day I'm just like that. I'm like, we, you know, today, like we worried about today. And so it's like, I allow time to stop so I can just be present in the moment and be grateful because Mm. I have faith that we're going to make it through this. Right. You know, like it, it, like, yeah, it's, it's rough right now, but it, you know, it doesn't stay rough for too long. You know, the the sun will come out eventually. Absolutely. And so I think that that was so powerful what you said, you know, because a lot of people need to be able to take this time to, be able to fall in love with themselves and mm. and be able to be able to understand what it's like to have peace and truly mm. be able to have like a fresh perspective on life and be able to say you know what i enjoy my own company yes so whenever whenever the quarantine's over whenever things go back to normal you can go back out into the world a better person than you were before Mm-hmm. And when you're around people, your relationships are so much better because you are able to enjoy your own space in your own company. So when you're with other people, the experience is enhanced, you know? So true. And you make me think about, first of all, that's beautiful, um, that you're, you're in a place where you can recognize that and acknowledge it. I think people are not really acknowledging like this is the opportunity I have. They're looking at all of the 
the things that are not going as planned, whether it be financially. I mean, even like Tempo Fit, we, we took a $20,000 hit in the first week. Mm. I mean, just off of canceled contracts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Or I can't go see patients because I'm on a quarantine from traveling, right? So there's just, right. there's just so many things that you can look at and go, not going as planned. That went wrong. I'm losing money here. I'm losing time there. But the fact that you're able to separate and say, but where, what's the beauty in this moment? Because he has made everything beautiful in its time. So so what's the beauty in this moment? And I think for those that are listening, uh, we all have a background in kind of a general understanding of stress and its impact on the body. And whenever we are stressed, we're bathing our brain in cortisol. And typically if we were in, you know, back in the day where we needed cortisol to protect us, right? It's like, ah, bear. And then you're like, do I fight it or do I run from it? Cause I don't want to freeze even though that now, now that's the third option, but I'm not checking that box. So, you know, so the cortisol prepares your body to do that. It dilates your eyes to let it more light to see that it, you know, shoots all the blood from the internal organs to your extremities. So you can get out of Dodge or you can fight back, do what you need to do. The the clotting factors will increase. So that way if you trip over tree root and and nick yourself, you don't bleed to death. You did all that running from a bear just to bleed to death. No, thank you. So, you know, you know, cortisol would have helped us back in the day but now we're in a space where we we, everything is a bear right a phone call is a bear an email is a bear a teacher is a bear uh let let the let the right teacher say the wrong thing and you like for real right like that just kind of throws off everything about your space let the right patient say the wrong thing like you know let the let that let that insurance carrier not want to reimburse you for that service you provide like Let's just let you, or you have to be like me and fight on the phone. Like, ma'am, ma'am, I've been on hold for 30 minutes. Like, let's, let's, where my money? Right. And so (laughs) I've done it. Okay. So (laughs) I'm like, what's your name again? What's your patch number? You know, but you know, all of those things, that's invited cortisol to flood the brain. In which case we are now short tempered. We can't focus and make quality decisions. We are doing everything based off of our emotions. We have no solid memory because it's swimming all over, you know, our, our amygdala, our hippocampus, and it's just taking over. And instead of allowing stress to ruin our lives, like let it redirect your life. Take it from the distress mode to the eustress mode, right? Where now you're in charge and you're able to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reroute this energy in a different way. So right now I'm really concerned about, most people are concerned about their businesses and the health of their businesses. You can't change the fact that you lost all of this money. But what you can do is kind of recreate how you see money, recreate how you make money. Are there opportunities to barter with some similar businesses? Are there opportunities to shift how you serve your clientele? I am amazed at all the DJs that are having these day parties on Instagram and I am I am putting a little five dollars in the cash app like like you know people are, are still just like you said it's a space where you'll find a different type of entrepreneur you're able to reinvent yourself you're able to recreate yourself you're able to get this step back and breathe and the world did not move forward without you because I think that's what we're really concerned about as entrepreneurs if I take a step back if I take a vacation if I take a break the world is still moving forward without me no we all in the same place so come along and I think really taking this time to not allow stress to push us into distress where it's like die stress, right? Where um, it's, it's diametric, we're diametrically opposed and it's tearing us apart literally, but taking it into a place of you stress, that good, that healthy stress that promotes us making quality decisions and focusing on what is my purpose and how can I still achieve that and using that energy in a, in a positive, more productive way. So I love that you went inward with it because you're healing from the inside out. You triggered me so much. 
talking about oh. parents getting on the phone, trying to figure out when the money's coming. Like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Paul, Paul, Paul was laughing because just just yesterday I had to tell him, Paul, relax, relax, yeah. bro. Because somebody, so, uh, a, a lady from Zoom mm-hmm. took out. <laughs> took out more money than she was supposed to. <laughs> Listen, Paul, I feel you. I've been there. I'll be quick to get good. on the phone. I'll be like, stop catching my coins. That is good. That's all I'm saying. He's working. Yes. Just to kind of hit that, you know, point, something I kind of want to hit too is I think with the you stress mode, you know, I love that you say that just because throughout this whole scenario, right? So ever since all my classes went online, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Like I wanted all my classes to be online so I could mm-hmm. have more time to work on my business, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I've noticed like the reaction has been like teachers want to like assign us now like 10 hours of like assignments, which makes no sense. Like you right. know before, but what <laughs> I want to hit is like, you know, even with like the use stress mode, right? So for example, like yesterday, you know, Carl and I have been trying to like, arrange something for next week. And I told him like, yo, like I'm gonna let you know on Sunday when mm-hmm. I can do it. Because for me now, like my whole life, I'm gonna show y'all something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this, I mean, I didn't highlight anything, but on a rough end, this is my week. Every single hour is blocked wow. for something, and absolutely whatever. Like from Monday to Friday, like there's something happening every single block, whatever. And then this time, it's like if you can kind of see, like none of my days start before like ten. Ah, yes. And I think it's important, especially as like entrepreneurs, to like put yourself in that position because I've noticed like it's crazy. There are people out there walking. I mean, granted, in Michigan we have like the most relaxed stay-at-home order. Like, <laughs> just don't be in groups. That's really what it is. Right. Don't be in groups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no but more parties. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing so many people outside, walking, running, mm-hmm. hanging out with people, like with their, fam- you know, in their families. But um there seems to be like a much more relaxed state and it almost made me like I've been reflecting on it where it's like okay so how stressed are we really as entrepreneurs as mm. business owners mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because we're you know I'm, I'm in this mastermind where our mentor has been preaching like online for like a year and a half mm-hmm. like he's literally been preaching online is a future and as we started our stuff, we started to move like a few things online. So where I think that's where we're blessed, where I saw a lot of people like breaks my heart, had to lay off a bunch of staff, had to right. do a bunch of things. I was like, holy crap, like, oh, we're not stressing. Right. Right. Oh, snap. Because now it's like, we're actually starting to like, we're actually putting a bunch of stuff together to give away for free. Mm. We're going to charge for it. But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how now are you serving? Because one side of it, I think, you know, and you mentioned it earlier. That's why I take notes. If you take today for today and take care of yourself in the mental space, I think it's like we can't even serve at our highest level mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs simply because, like, we become more stressed than usual. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's absolutely. like it makes no sense at this point in, our, in, in history to be, like, sitting there stressing over something you literally can't control. Right. right? To me, right. it's like I'm I'm almost moving where like I don't watch the news no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping mm-hmm. one day I'm gonna get on Twitter and our governor's gonna be like, all right, <laughs> it's done. And I'll be like, <laughs> this is the info we need, and I'm good. This right. is it. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Because it's like even in taking a lot of that stuff in, it's almost like all you see are just like doomsday scenarios now. Absolutely. Literally, you know, the end is coming. 
a month mm-hmm. from now, this, that. So how do we put ourselves in the time? Because like, for me, it just plays out where if I allow myself, like I still get up at like 5.30ish, but mm-hmm. nothing really starts till like 10. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that time is spent like, you know, talk to my girlfriend, I mm-hmm. do my devotion, I pray, I lay down, you know, watch a little blackish I journal but how you know just kind of give us you know one or two different ways to turn that principle into action because I think that's Absolutely. what a lot of people need right now I think the big yeah. people are struggling with is like they know what they need to do yeah but for some but reason just, they just just do it to do it can't do it yeah. so what are like one or two ways for somebody to take that and like flip it and be like all right bet let me now start functioning in an area where I can almost de-stress myself to the point mm-hmm. that I can start, you know, working, being at my highest self. Absolutely. Says, How can I de-stress the point where I can actually start functioning at my highest self or better yet, be in the space to meet your potential? Because you're not. Hey, wait to bring it back around. Hey, I love it. I love it. Um, so I've got two that I used recently. And actually, I love that you asked this question because this is what my book is about. It's called Overflow, Six Strategies to Beat Burnout and Reclaim Your Abundant Life. And we actually have activities that go with with each section. So I'm going to give you two of those activities. So one of them is to create a to-enjoy list, either instead of your to-do list or in conjunction with your to-do list. Because as entrepreneurs, first of all, we make a to-do list that's miles long, that's impossible to complete in 24 hours. We didn't even make space to rest, but we're not going to get there. But then what happens is our, our day is judged not by what was done, but by what wasn't done. And we don't set ourselves up in a space to be proud of what we're accomplishing, proud of who we are as we accomplish what we're accomplishing. Uh, we don't get to stop and acknowledge how we've grown in the middle of Uh, capturing those accomplishments and so therefore we're not in that space to create we're we're, we're overwhelmed with and these are all the things I didn't get done so instead creating your to enjoy list what is it that I look forward to enjoying today and even if my day includes getting on the phone with zoom to tell these people about how they need to stop messing with my money right my my enjoyment is that I have now learned what scenarios I don't want to get myself into anymore. So whether it be, um, maybe I am no longer the auto deduct person, or, you know, maybe I've learned how to be patient and calm in conversations. That's what I've had to learn with insurance companies. I put on my calm voice, you know, I do a little, a little meditating before I get on the phone and I say, this is the outcome that I would like, but if I don't get that outcome, I'm okay. That's growth for me. That's, that's a to enjoy for Asha. So having your to enjoy list, making it maybe three to five deep, and, and allowing that to be what you look forward to today. Uh, and then my other one is deep breathing. And the way that I like to practice deep breathing is really using it to come uh, more in alignment with my values. When we're stressed, we can lose sense of self, with, which to me is you're losing sense of your values and your connection to them. And so really first looking at, you know, what are my top five values? You know, for some people, it may be peace, joy, um, trust, family, and love, right? So if those are your top five values, really kind of looking at, do I see myself living in those values in all moments? 
And if not, let me start breathing them in. There's power in the breath of life. We talked about oxygen and, and how all of the cells rely on oxygen in order to operate at their maximum potential. So if I can bring oxygen in to let my cells operate at their maximum potential, then I can operate at my maximum potential as the, um, the product of those cells working together. So I will do deep breathing where I'll start breathing regularly and I'll close my eyes and I will slow my breath down to where I do a five second inhale, I pause at the top and I do a five second exhale. Uh, once I get kind of that system down, because the idea for deep breathing is to get down to five to six breaths in a minute. So once I kind of get that down on my inhale, I'll focus on one value and I'll really envision what does life look like when I'm fully immersed in that value? Um, who am I? You know, what am I doing? What am I saying? Who am I with? And I'll really invite that value into my life with that oxygen as a conduit for that. And then I'll pause at the top and hold on to that value of a few seconds more. And then as I exhale, I imagine what I call bears. So remember how we talked about the bears chasing you and that's the cortisol. So I imagine a bear exiting out of my life. So that bear may be a financial concern or that bear may be this one person that gets on my last nerves um, or, you know, that bear may be a challenge in my business. And I, I imagine that one bear exiting itself. Then on the next breath, I take in the next value and I, on the next exhale, I let that next bear, that same bear rather, exit. And so I do that for five rounds for my top five values. And while it doesn't change your situation, it does change you. And so those are two things that I do that really help me come back to center and release what I cannot control and really relish in what I can control as an entrepreneur. Wow. I knew, I knew this episode. And for, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Dr. Asha really is a pleasure. Like before this episode, like she prayed over, like it, I knew this episode was going to be a powerful one. Um, and I feel like we, we, we could, we could keep going. So we definitely got to run this back because this, <laughs> this was, this was amazing. Seriously. I think, wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't have paper to show you, but I'm scrolling. I got my notes here too on the side, but <laughs> I think just looking at everything you said, you know, it, 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 it's just something that anyone can resonate with, you know, and even for the listeners who, you know, may not be religious, you know, um, there's still so much great content and so much value that they can get out of everything you said. So to, to, to finish up the episode, let me ask you, if you could leave the listeners with, I mean, you've already given us so much, but if you could leave the listeners with just one nugget mm -hmm. of value, one nugget of wisdom, mm -hmm. what would that be? Don't outpace your peace. Wow. Don't outpace your peace. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't get too much now. Hold on now. Right, right, right. They got to pay for the rest. They got to pay for the <laughs> I mean, that's the summation of our conversation today. Yeah. Don't, out, yeah. That, don't outpace your peace. We can get so ahead of ourselves that we leave peace behind. And so yeah. really, you know, where'd you, leave, where'd you leave her? Go back right. and start walking with her hand in hand. Don't outpace your peace. Even after, even after we have all started healing from this pandemic that we're experiencing, which I think the healing process will take at least a generation and a half. Um, but so that's like what 30 years, a generation and a half, but don't get back to the old normal, you know, maintain, maintain the new normal, 
and even evolve in the new normal. But don't pick up those habits where you're filling your planner again to the brim or those habits where you're trying to be in control over the things that you cannot control and you're losing your mind over the things that you can control. Don't outpace your peace. All of us as a society and then on an individual level as, as human beings, we would really be able to, to live in our purpose, live in our calling, if we just did not outpace our peace. We'd be able to love what we do and love others a whole lot better. Wow, thank you so much. Um, before, before we let you go, please let, let the listeners know, you know, if they're interested in connecting with you, uh, you know, how could they do that? What's your, what's your social media handles, email, anything you're willing to provide to them? Awesome. Um, and I want to thank you all just for providing the space to have this dialogue and this conversation. I, I know that it's very ambitious. You probably have a lot of behind the, si uh, behind the scenes things that, that don't go well. People don't follow through or you get upset with yourself or anything like that. So in case no one has commended you lately, I am commending you and telling you amazing job. I, I listened to the podcast before getting on because, you know, my advisory board, that was my assignment from them. They said, well, listen to them, make sure that's what you want to get with. Um, but I just want to tell you, you are amazing. The advisory board thinks you're amazing and just continue the blessings on you. And I will continue to pray with you and for you even after this. Um, absolutely. So my contact, so uh, Dr. Asha, D-O-C-T-O-R-A-S-H-A, -S all spelled out. That's my website, drasha.com. That is my Instagram, at Dr. Asha. And then on Facebook, I have a Facebook page, which is dr.asha. But I think the biggest thing, honestly, if you go to my Instagram, at Dr. Asha, I kind of post things there that can take you to wherever else you want to go to have these healthy conversations. <sighs> Wow. Well, thank you. We, we, we appreciate the kind words. It, it definitely does mean a lot because yeah, we do have our episodes, you know, we do have our, uh, our moments, but uh, being able to connect with people such as yourself and being able, you know, to grow our network with such amazing people, you know, like you and also just having the ability to wait for it, have those healthy conversations, you know, uh, it's just, it really is uh, a blessing, you know, for us. And, you know, we know that the mission that we have behind this podcast is going to keep growing as long as we have people such as yourself, you know, that are <clears throat> willing to come on and provide so much value, you know, because I mean, honestly, if, if you want to drop your PayPal too, we could have that, you know, and, and, and they could, they could, send you some money too because seriously that the information you provided was just amazing and I'm truly humbled we're both truly humbled and grateful you know that you made the the time to to hop on the podcast and and talk with us all right Paul my guy anything to say to the listeners before we sign off on this episode Nah, no nah, I am blessed and highly favored and I'm just lucky that you've been here in real time because I, I tell you what, like, no, nah, for real, like, just to have the opportunity to, like, listen, right? And I say this not from a, okay, it's going to sound, like, egocentric, but it's not. I yeah, run it, run it. I'm bringing my ego down. Mm -hmm. But it's very hard for me to be, like, impressed by people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Simply mm -hmm. because, like, I just, for some odd reason, hold everybody to, like, an extremely high standard. And that's just probably, like, some childhood trauma, like, whatever, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> 
that's another episode. Yeah, that's another episode. <clears throat> but just to be able to like sit here and listen mm-hmm. in a way you've almost made like time stop for us. Wow. Because yeah. this ain't no shade to anybody else that's been on the podcast. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever like had this kind of dialogue where I'm just like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. In this space and time, like I'm just not looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> For a minute. Yeah. Just to like be able to sit and listen and like learn. Mm. It, it means a lot. Just simply from my bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on. I know there's going to be a ton, a ton of people that are going to be listening to this and going to be hitting us up. And I'm like, look, you need to hit her up. Don't, don't ask me questions. <laughs> I do not have the answer that you are looking for. But thank you so much for um, just taking the time to. Yeah, seriously. To come on and speak. It really means a lot. Wow. It really means a lot. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. It, it was my honor. I, I enjoyed, you know, living in this space with you. So it was definitely my honor. And, and for those who are going to be listening, um, I hope that they will feel like they're in the living room with you because that's how I feel. I feel like that's how you welcomed me in. I'm waiting for somebody to serve me a plate of dinner, but that's okay. I won't, <laughs> won't hold that against you. Um, but thank you for inviting me in. I definitely feel um, not like just I'm a guest, but I feel like I've, I've become part of the, the family that's living yeah. in the room with you. So thank yep. you. Yeah, that's, that's what we strive for it to be, you know. So officially, welcome to the family. We look forward to many more conversations, uh, you know, in the beginning of what we believe will be a fruitful relationship all the way around. So once again, thank you guys. As always, me and Paul love y'all. Thank you for listening. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here listening to this podcast. And if you got something out of it, you know, send us a message, leave a review, like, subscribe, and send this again, to somebody just, who's stressed. Yes. Send this to somebody who needs it. We, you that's know, the call to action. You that's know the call to action. This. Send this to somebody who needs this. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. There you go. But seriously, thank you guys. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com. When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.